Hello and welcome to another edition of the Moving Iron Podcast. This podcast is proudly provided by Axon, helping dealers move more iron for almost 100 years. Find out more at axontire.com. Axon was started almost 100 years ago out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. It's that same passion that drives them today. With a vision for a better experience for both farmer and dealer, they set out to create a better way to move more iron. When you partner with Axon, you get immediate access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. Axon carries all major brands and sizes of tires, wheels, and tracks. From custom colors and sizes to fully customized wheels, you can have the solution for virtually any problem today's farmer is trying to solve. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving iron. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast number 232. Two with my guest Aaron Fennel, big shocker there. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years. For more information, go to axontire.com. Also, if you're interested in a great set of tools for your salespeople to manage their deals as well as the customers that they interact with, check out Arrow at heyarrow.com. How you doing, buddy? I'm here. You are here. Absolutely. Just like last time, knocking on wood for no apparent reason. But There you go. There actually is a lot of things to knock on wood for right now. Yeah, like if something shows up on the lot. That's exactly right. <laughs> Knock on wood. Hey, here are week, folks. So Aaron and I kind of hit on it last week when we were talking about what was going on in the marketplace. And I think the one thing that we should probably spend some time talking on is is how, how this new backlog of machinery is going to affect the overall used marketplace. And kind of our my two cents on, and Aaron obviously is going to throw his two cents on there too, but what how, how long is this going to last, right? How long is this period that we're in gonna last right and so i think it's i think it's worthwhile to spend some time talking about that right so obviously new machines um no big secret you know they're out no one really knows i mean there's stuff trickling in you know and at some point you will get your order (laughs) and i bet i think you know as those machines start coming in you know what's what does spring of 22 look like ahead of planting season what does fall of 22 look like ahead of a fall harvest and everything in between right right so you're planting, spring harvest, you know, all the way down the line. And obviously machines are going to come in, so on and so forth. But the big qualifying factor in that is when is that machine going to get here, right? You know, not saying you're not going to get a machine in spring, not saying you're going to get your planter, not going to say you get your sprayer, not going to say you get all these things, but it's just, you know, when's it going to get here? And supply chain still messed up, waiting for parts to get here, waiting for... Whether it's the chip thing or whatever it is, they're still waiting on all these different things. You know, every manufacturer has a problem. It's not isolated to one one group. Um, everyone has has a problem right now in supply chain logistics. Right, it's just a big, 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 big problem. So, I think worthwhile conversation to have right now is when you take a look at the machines that are coming in. Forever that that late model low hour season of use thing has always been a pretty since i've been in this business it's been pretty consistent right i know that's ever changed right it might go up or down a few hundred hours based on um customer and and maybe the size of their operation have grown a little bit sure but as an average 
across the board. You know, a season of use on a combine in most places. On average, you can kind of hit it with a big swap there, but between about 150 separator hours, right? Maybe 100 separator hours, but that's about a season of use. Now, oh, I'd say 250. And then, but uh, but that's expanded a little bit. Oh, that's summer through. and fall, right? Right. right. So I'm going yearly. You're going seasonal. Right. So right. seasonal. So now when you get to the grand picture, like you said, about 250 hours right across the board. Now, season use on a tractor, depending on where you're at, what kind of tractor it is, most row crop tractors are between 500 and 700 hours. That's a pretty average season of use. Four-wheel drive, pretty much the same swaths, right, depending on what it is. Maybe, what, maybe in the, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Five to 700 hours, roughly, season of use, roughly. You're looking at grain car tractors now have turned into some four-wheel drives. You know, you've Planners. seen some, Planners, shit, everything's turned into four wheel. Yeah, I mean, just this bigger equipment's causing more and more stuff to show. The row crops are now four hundred horse, right? But everything is pulled with four wheel drive. Exactly right. Yeah, so more more hours are getting put on these now. With this delivery date thing, there's a great opportunity that we're going to see machines come in that are quote unquote outside the season of use, and probably more than likely what was the traditional season of use pricing is going to follow right along with it, right? Yep. So hypothetically, if, it, if you would buy a $250,000 combine and it had 500 separator hours on it, probably right now, that same machine is going to be $250,000, but it's probably going to have another 150 hours on it. Right, yep. You know? So something like that. That is, that is very, very common. Yeah. You're, you're, well, go on the, the big hour breaks. Right. Your 1,000-hour tractors are showing up 12 to 13. Mm-hmm. Your 15s. 17 you yeah. know and on down the line and as you get to a bigger number a lot of times that is a guy who puts on some hours yep. it's an even bigger jump yep so that is that is probably the big it in my mind that is the biggest shit show nobody's talking about right because right. it's not the farmer's fault trading that in nope. he wants his new thing Right. We can't do anything about it. Right. The company can't do anything about it. Right. right. So So that's why I think that's why I think And do you do you want to know why it's not being discussed anywhere? Why? Everybody's afraid to say anything because demand's so hot it doesn't matter. Right. And that's why I think trade values and, and retail pricing, those kind of things are just gonna fall right along. Right. Right. Now the flip side of that too, that there's another thing that people aren't talking about is some of these machines that came this fall got late delivery. Right. So this very easy to say that you might have a, a combine that showed up in, I don't know, mid-October, right? And it's got... That first year we put 15 hours on it. Yeah. I mean, right. so now what do you do, right? So or, I, worse than that, he got it halfway through harvest. Yep. And, and, and everything we're talking about Dollars and cents fixes all of it, right? right sure. But say he got that combine October first, mm-hmm. so he's got half of one fall harvest on it, right? Which then screws up the clock that he's been working on, mm-hmm. and you have to then back up and basically start from scratch, right. almost, almost, almost. But here's the thing: this is. This is the one, time. and and if and if that is a an X amount per hour guy yeah. trade, that's that's even worse because okay then then it's up to well I'm supposed to get my combine mm-hmm. August first. 
it has 50 hours on it. So we skip a year and then, but it's only a year and a half, Mm -hmm. which gets all muddy on the financial side of it. And, ugh. Well, I think, I think what. Welcome to 21. Well, I think, I think one of the the biggest things here that, that people overlook too is the fact that if, if you're in the, if you're in the market for a brand new combine, your choice might be one with 50 hours on it. Right. Right? That might be your choice. Or a new 24. Or a new 24. <laughs> right. But the biggest, the biggest thing here, I think, is that there is going to be a, a, a very odd gap. Right? It's going to be a hardly any hours on it at all. Right. Or two, two and a half seasons worth right. of use. Right? Which, to piggyback on this a little bit, the... God, I'm so good at interrupting you and then losing my train of thought. You are stellar at that. I am. Oh, I will give you that. I am. Well, that's what that's what the color commentator is yeah, supposed that's to do. That's a, that's a co-host as job. You're, as you're doing play-by-play, yeah. let me interject some things and make the wheels come off. As we're you know dealing through this, when to do it, and the backside of all this deal, when we're like the combine thing, okay, or the... As I just made the joke, I'll go off of that joke. Get you a new 24. Is 24 or 23 going to be not nearly as bad? We know that because they can't build them. What's going to be the new 13s? 12s and 13s. You know, I don't think it's going to, we're not going to have that problem. We'll never get caught up enough to. Flood like that did. Now I think I think when when factories get full swing again. In my personal opinion, I think we have three years of this. What we're seeing right now, it's going to get better every year. Are you sure? Because you did say like eighteen months. No, I, I, that was back before we hit this point. <laughs> right, I know, right. I know. That's what I was getting out. Like in June, oh hell, we got at least eighteen months of this. Yeah, because I think and here, here's why. Because you had that first. If the factory starts building before I retire. <laughs> This the the one thing about this that I think that that you can take in, into consideration and why I think it's going to be a three year cycle is that no matter what happens, if January one the factories are full bore and get totally caught up, we have an entire generation of equipment, first, second, third trade in a lot of cases that are already sold. So we got to wait for the next round of new machines to show up to even get a new fresh batch of. Of uh, used equipment. Oh, I would say it's even worse than that. I think we have to scenario. get to the third or fourth batch to even have a sniff of. Oh, hey, yeah. see all these tractors? Yeah, they've all been sold since last year. Yep, and that's that's why I think it could take three years to get out of this mess because it's that everything is being sold as fast as we can get it in, and that's not going to trade. And the reason why it's not going to trade, great point brought up to me the other day, and it tells me you know where you're at. This is the oldest fleet. Yeah, in farming, even even beyond eighties, the eighties, which 80s. was worse, worse economic conditions than we're having right now, right? Mm-hmm. So that tells you how old the fleet is and how much updating will be taking place. Now, some of these machines, it's going to be interesting to see what the export market looks like and how that plays into this, because there's going to be those two thousand hour combines. They're going to start coming in that we were anticipating to have. 1300 to 1500 on because now not only are we waiting for their machine to get here excuse me not waiting for their the new machine to get here but now you have to wait for the guy that's got that trade in that's going to trade in that's going to trade in all the way down to get down to this one point where everything is finally caught up to where it needs to be at 
Right. Those machines will probably have another, you know, they'll probably go through a wheat harvest and a fall harvest, not just a wheat harvest or a fall harvest. Right. So now you're going to put an entire another season of use on that, that third trade. Now, when you start looking at the export market, how's Mexico going to play into that and what they come into want and wanting to buy? Are they going to step up and buy those $2,000 seeds? Because that's not what they're buying now. Not saying that you can't sell those machines down there, but they're looking for the fifteen hundred hour something, the seventeen hundred hour something. There, yeah, they that two thousand sep hour combine. It's almost something that they don't want. It's getting hard. It's getting hard to go to any country with that, right? And so, that is a problem. So that kind of makes you think that okay, so what does that? What's that look like, and how's that play out? To me, that that becomes when you start looking at some of these countries like. Like Ukraine, for example, you start looking at, you know, some of these Eastern Bloc countries, and then Central America, to some extent, mm-hmm. and you start looking at at some of these countries in Africa. There's been a lot of folks that have chimed in that were wanting to. They're, they're getting these big contracts to go build these big, multi, huge, you know, thousands of hectare farms in Africa. You know, yep. starting doing these. These good countries are starting to step out a little bit. Kazakhstan's one of the countries that have done that. Um, You've looked at some countries like um, like Mongolia for a little bit. You know they're trying to update their farming practices and get more modernized so they can not so reliant on U.S. wheat and those other countries all over the place to keep buying stuff from their travel. Well, they're trying to expand what they've got going. Right. Case in point, China. China is China sell. was man. If we could sell some stuff to China, how do you get in with China? And now it's like one thing a week. Right. Literally. Yep. And so that, that's a good example. There's of also a lot of politics involved well, in why yeah. that just happened in the last year or so. Right. Yeah. But to, to piggyback onto that, where do these machines, where are they going to end up kind of deal? One thing that is a big, big benefit is as much as you ever argue with a North American producer about price, you have not done any of it till you work with the export guys. Oh yeah. Because take the air out of the tires and make it cheaper. You know, they they get into some wild ideas and it's all about cheaper, 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 Mm -hmm. which if you do know anything about the export, when it gets loaded on the truck at the dealership, everything after that is ungodly expensive yeah. and seems eight times higher than it should be. Right. Also takes a lot of time. Yep. Yep. With with that combine that went from say seventeen to two, mm-hmm. another big problem is you lost your BCD customer who buys that machine because. Well, shit! I always buy Greg's combine, and and Greg is the second guy who goes from five hundred to fifteen hundred. Okay, right. yep. Greg didn't get his combine. Brad can't buy it because the new one didn't show up. So Greg didn't get his one year old. So Brad can't buy that one. He punts, buys something on an auction. You lost a buyer. Yep. And how many damn times will that happen with the over thousand sep combine crew? Yeah, yeah. You start looking at that guy. You know, typically <laughs> the under five guys. Yeah, that's going to be <clears throat> knives and guns and swords and oh, yeah. get the hell out of the way because it's yeah. going to be. Oh, they'll be like auctioning 
dealer advertised price at some point. Because yep. what you start running through there is, you know, the first guy that trades every year, and then you get the second guy that runs the machine for about three years, mm-hmm. and then you got the third guy that runs anywhere from three to five years, depending on what the situation is. And then the guy after that's a five to seven year, and then you've got, you know, seven plus, you know, over a 10-year guy. And now you're going to start seeing the one to two-year-old, the one. I think your second guy is going to be okay. I think you probably he, will. he's going to have to digest more hours than he's comfortable with. It's the third guy that you're like, yeah, he's he's just going to he he buys an older combine. They're everywhere, right? You know, it's got some hours on it, regardless of age. I shouldn't say old; it has some hours on it, right? That those are the machines. They're third in line. Blah blah blah. I think that is where you're going to lose guys mm-hmm. that maybe. People aren't thinking about. That's a good point. I think because everything every day that we spend is strike shortage chips, blah 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 blah. That all deals with the new green shiny stuff that shows up, not the trade on the trade on the trade of that. Right. But here's the thing: when you start looking at these auctions, I can't, I I can't imagine a dealer putting anything on there except for what we're talking about. Right. Right. They're, that's what they're going to run the same problem that we've ran into. You know, it's going to be the same consistent issues that we've seen coming around. Um, now, that being said, you could see some guy that says, you know what, hey, I'm going to I'm going to roll the dice here and see, you know, I'm going to take it to the auction, see if I can't take my 500 hour combine and get a few dollars more for it than what I had. Mm, I know, there's may, lots, may not, lots of guys doing that. May or may not work out for you, but it is. I mean, that's a, that's an option that you see some people taking now. I also think that this is one of those few years where um, you're, you're going to get guys that have got good opportunities to do some things that they probably normally wouldn't do. The one thing I will caution most guys to think about is make sure you got your plan B lined up before right. you start jumping ship. You know I would mean? maybe go to F. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's going to be a, a bigger a bigger deal there. Well, we're down to plan E. Now what? Yep. Russell Nash. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Russell Nash. <laughs> right. So one thing that I have kicked around a little bit and thought a lot about is what does this year look like for the quote-unquote end-of-the-year tax run, right? To me, I think our, our shops are going to be more busy than they've been in the past Strictly for the fact of that's your option. That's your option, and I'm gonna I can prepay. You know, I have bring my combine, get the inspection done to it. Blah 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 blah. Okay, well, it looks like twenty five grand. Great, I'm gonna go ahead and prepay you twenty five grand and twenty one, and I just want the work done before harvest gets here, right? Right, or before whatever planning gets here, or whatever you're doing, right? And to me, that is one of those options that I think are on the table that. Might be a little overlooked because right now, if you go to any one of our any lot that we've got out here, any lot in North America, you're going to be hard pressed to find something that is going to be readily available to buy at the end of this year. Right. You know what I mean? Before December 31st, 2021. Right. Now that's not some, not saying that there's not stuff out there because there there is some stuff out there, but it's not going to be probably that combine you want to trade into or that tractor you want to trade into or a planner you want to trade into or it's going to be a grain cart it's going to be an auger it's going to be a it won't be a tractor combine planner or sprayer right no highly doubt highly doubtful highly doubtful that's what it is get those four out of your mind right continue on right 
And that's, and that's just, I think, is going to be one of those situations that we Well, I shouldn't say that. You can buy your tractor, your combine, if you're buying used, because there it is, physically exists, has a serial number, here's your paperwork, right. you have paid me for it, we'll see you in July. Yep. I also want to stress this, too, I think, that it's not being talked about. I mean, it's being talked about, but not in relation to this. Right. It's the price of inputs going in the next year. Yeah, I was just thinking that you when know? you were talking about paying the shop, yeah. here's twenty five grand. I'm like, yeah. he could buy two shuttles of fertilizer and probably be like, well, we're good. Yeah. So now, now you start looking at if at they that, can get it, if they can get the it. price That's of the every damn input, if you can get it. Right. I mean, like glyphosate for all intents and purposes, like I, from what I've read, is pretty well exhausted. Right. right. Fertilizer is. You have maybe, thirty seconds, or it's going up. And then that even that is like I don't know. I mean, right? You might get it, right? It's eleven billion dollars a ton if we can find if you. If we can find you some, right? And you know, so all of these other factors are playing into that as well, which makes me think, you know, like right now, if you look at the price of corn, the price of corn at it's like a break even. Most guys are like five twenty five, five fifty, right? So now, corn is over five dollars and it's break even, right? So that I mean that tells you that sooner or later. But here's the thing: if you're a producer and you're looking at the board right now, and you're like, "Okay, cool, I can go plant soybeans, or I can plant corn. Uh, I'm going to go with soybeans, or I'm going to go with wheat." You know what I mean? Oats. So, I mean, <laughs> shit, no shit, right? <laughs> we got 120 circles of oats. Let's go. <laughs> but so that's also going to the corn market's going to be like we we still need corn, so we're oh, gonna, yeah. they're going to price is going to come up. Right. Yep. It's just gonna. I mean, it's not like there's an overabundance of corn anywhere, right? And it's just, you know, it's just, just not. No, and, gonna and it's here. like everything getting so crazy so fast. Yeah. I remember it did that the last five dollar corn era, yeah. and it calmed down. It takes a long time to calm down. Right. We're in a world now where, just like we were saying, five twenty five break even. Five dollar corn is the new three dollar corn. Right. Like, ooh, it's five bucks. Hey, yeah. great. Yeah, and a new tractor's half a million dollars. So, right. yeah. Yay. Yeah. So it's there's just a million things that are going on right now that that kind of point towards just I think twenty two is going to be a, a an exciting year to watch happen. Poof. But it's going to be an exciting thing. Like, what, what's what's the next thing that could possibly happen? Right. Right. You know, it's like you're at a comedy show and the guy's just utterly just filthy, and he, everything he says is just that much more filthy than the thing before. <laughs> and you're anticipating like, how far could he possibly go with this? Right. A lot of shock factor. A lot of shock factor. Except it's all real life every day right now. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a. It's just one of those. Every around every corner, there's some new unexpected turn that you don't know right. what it's going to bring. Exactly, and it's just it's just an odd odd time. So it's wild. It is wild. It's not boring. No, never is a day boring. Never is a day boring. That is for sure. Sometimes you sell a tractor, then you sell a combine, then you call the tractor guy back in the afternoon because it's already sold. Yeah. <laughs> But if the other six guys who yeah. said yes ahead of you yep. say no, I'll let you know. Yep. I need to... Uh, it is... It's just wild, man. Yeah. I know we say that every day, but it's just... There's, like you were saying, the shock thing. Every yeah. day there's something. There's something new every time you turn around. 
every time you turn around. All right, man. Well, I think this is a probably pretty good jumping-off point here. So, folks, someone to get a hold of you, pick your brain about stuff, or just see what you got hanging out there. What's the uh, best way to do that? Well, you can call me, text me, 308-760-1193, or I'm kind of active on the Twitterverse when we have some machinery to throw out there, at Aaron Fintel. Right on. And you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. Also go to movingironllc.com and you can find the entire library of the Moving Iron podcast as well as the blog posts I have up there. And uh, the information for the Moving Iron Summit should be coming up here pretty quick, so make sure you check that out. So with that, I am Casey Seymour with Aaron Fintel. Let's go be smart, folks. Out. You want to have a meaningful competitive advantage to help sell more equipment. Whether you represent the sales, parts, or management department of an implement dealership, there's a surprising amount of complexity when it comes to tire, wheel, and track technology. Let Axon worry about that so you can get back to supporting your customers. Axon has leveraged years of experience to create a streamlined process that gives you a proven path to help today's grower and sell more equipment. The roots of their organization go back almost 100 years to the invention of the rubber tractor tire. Supporting agriculture is the number one driver of Axon from product development through sales and service. To find more or become an Axon dealer, head over to axontire.com. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. You'll find us here Moving higher